ready as we'll ever be. Nothing. Oh, I was waiting for you. <laughs> yeah. Marriott. Oh, I was just trying to read things off of your TV. Oh, oh yeah. Was that the Staples what Center? Is that, LA? <laughs> What's that Staples Center? So clean. Oh, yeah. That we we're talking about an Apple TV screensaver, just FYI. It's but uh, <laughs> I'm mesmerized. <laughs> but hello and welcome to New Day, New Movie, where we watch 365 movies in 365 days. I'm Mitch. I'm Scott. And this is week 36. Is it? I hope so. I'll take your word for <laughs> it. I really hope so. <laughs> Seems right. Oh man, yeah, week 36, normal week. Pretty straightforward, but uh, I think I'm gonna ha- I think I'm gonna struggle. And why is that? Because it was two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, we're a little late on the recording, <laughs> but that's okay. Catching up, it's well, all good. We have notes. Summer, a lot of stuff going on that we did not have to deal with on the front end of this because it was already fall. I think we. Uh, I don't know. I I definitely miscalculated or misjudged how busy summer was on top of other shit going on like it feels like every yeah people want to do weekend summer yeah i'm like just give me a weekend to record and catch up on this shit and here we are have a beer and take a breather but no that's what summer's all about summer you gotta do shit oh yeah like watch movie (laughs) (laughs) so how are you doing this week i'm good um I think I'm stuck. Well, I don't know what I don't know what week it is, right? We're a little uh, a little mixed up, but I think I'm I'm settling in to my new schedule a little better. Good, good. So feeling I, uh, less tired. Yeah, yeah, and I'm caught up on movies. That's always a nice feeling to be and... caught up. Yeah, because <laughs> it's so easy to just like if you miss one day, it, it's such a domino effect of how fast it can just trickle mm-hmm. to where. It gets to the end of the week and you're like, I have five movies to watch today (laughs) and I have to record tomorrow. Well, even just missing one, like that's the next day you have to watch two movies now. Yeah. It's a budget. That's upwards of four hours of your day. If you get behind further on that, you're just fucked. It's so hard to catch up. Yeah. A budget for two hours. It's like, okay, it's, it's tough. But then like to budget for four hours and you're like, oh shit. All right. Well, at least if I can try to start this one but then like this other one's looming on me and then maybe shit happens and then you have to push to another day and now it's five and a half hours and then you start looking at the times right the Mm -hmm. lengths of the movies and you're like i'll watch this one first and then you get confused on what the hell you already watched because you anyway and then you miss a movie that you were supposed to watch and now (laughs) you're recording recording day and you're like oh shit i have an extra movie i didn't account for and now you're recording five days into the next week's episode we've never experienced (laughs) this this has never happened to us yeah this is this is what we think would happen (laughs) we're definitely not recording late and uh it hasn't almost been an entire week since we should have had this one in the bag yeah absolutely not (laughs) But anyway, week 36. Uh, how are you? I'm good. I just got back from a journalism camp with the kiddos. 
had some ups and downs between all sorts of things that I'm not necessarily going to get into, but the kids overall had a good experience. They were able to figure out their theme for the year for yearbook, which is always super important because that's kind of, mm. as they put it in the camp, once you have your theme, all of your stun, all of your stories will funnel through the theme, and that's how you kind of produce Interesting. Uh, the yearbook at the end. And seeing all the work that they have to do, I, I don't envy them. <laughs> Yeah, what what all what is journalism camp? Um, so do they have to write stuff? Do they get assignments? Is it more of a they like do a have assignments? Thing or? Yeah, it's it's more of a learning teaching thing. It's an opportunity for them to come together like outside of school to be able to like all of the the editorial staff was there, so they got to start making decisions as to what their yearbook was going to look like, the design. Uh, you know, what was the overall message that they were trying to push for the year? And then, you know, they'll start getting into coverage and everything, but to try to worry about all of that stuff ahead of time or like at the beginning of the year, will just set you back because events start the first day of school. Mm -hmm. Like, so you have to be, have all this stuff planned before you can start, you know, going out and your starts doing your story off yeah, you can yeah. you don't want to yeah. fall behind so it's just a good opportunity then to get a what little were bit we ahead. just talking about <laughs> yeah our <laughs> wow that that fed in uh seamlessly really nice <laughs> completely unintentional but as we always do on well not always i think i don't know what week we started it but what's in the or was that not the news i guess that was kind of newsworthy stuff it was kind of newsworthy i was just talking about myself how i was doing all right two things Number yep. one, you mentioned it either last week, a few weeks ago. I don't know. Time is irrelevant to me. Uh, but Top Gun Maverick has officially grossed over a billion dollars. Oh, it did it. it did I it. missed that. I so missed the memo on what, that one. Like you were saying, Fuck Tom yeah. Cruise's first, first billion dollar. He's in the billion dollar club. Yeah. Must Slightly be. different than the Mile High Club, but <laughs> probably the same perks. Same perks. You're getting laid. <laughs> And then my other bit of news for the week, um, my big fat Greek wedding has officially started filming its third movie in Greece. Uh, there was a second one? There was a second one. I didn't yeah. know that. Uh, but Michael Constantine, uh, who played the father though, the guy who's like, you give me a word, any word, I'll tell you the roots of that word in Greek. He, he passed away, unfortunately. Oh. Uh, so the story's going to carry on a little bit without him. Uh, but I'm really interested to see the direction that they're going to take this movie. Uh, Kristen is Greek, and it's one of her favorite movies. Really, one, one that we watched early in our relationship because hmm. it, you know, it's kind of like it helps you understand the Greek family because <laughs> it's very, <laughs> it's very similar. Really, it's that uh, there's there's just like a hundred nicks in the lot. family. Yeah, <laughs> this is I've never seen it, so you haven't seen it. I feel oh. like I've seen clips uh, and I've seen I've heard references, but I've never I've never actually seen it. But so, yeah, uh, I saw that pop up and I was like, I have to share that. It's, interesting. It's, it's relevant to Kristen and one of her favorite movies and the Greek lifestyle and culture and, you know, Windex cures all. So <laughs> I'm excited to see. Well, then. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any news? Well, yeah, I, I too have uh, a, uh, some, I don't know how or what the fuck I was about to say or how to lead into that, but... I too have some uh, movie news, but callback, not a call forward. Ooh. Uh, I've been putting on Bob's Burgers for background noise. Nice. And I forgot how many songs they have in the show. 
Oh, so, so the movie being as musical as it was 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 definitely on par with the show. Interesting. Um, and there's a lot of other references, obviously. Obviously, you missed, but I missed as well. Um, so I'm kind of excited to watch that when it comes out. Like to watch it again. Yeah, just to see if you can catch some of those things yeah. you might have missed the first. After go I've seen some, because because uh, uh, Felix, the brother of, I forget his name, the. The brother they thought was the bad guy in the uh, movie, yes, yes. but it ended up being the lawyer. Um, he's he's been he's been on the on the tail end of uh, accusations of doing it. Well, he's been on the tail end of of being a, the baddie. Ooh. So, um, so yeah, I feel like there's more references to be to be had there, to be to be got that we did not got. Yeah, sometimes we. We don't get the got. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't get it. <laughs> every time we see a movie, and we discuss it, it's really just a first impression of the movie. Yeah, that's all we give you is our first impression. There's that's never any. Have. There's never <laughs> any other research or afterthought. It's just like, yeah, that was good. <laughs> I mean, some movies we put a little. We you know we look some stuff up, but yeah, for the most part, <laughs> that's all we fucking have time for. So. And that's, that's kind of funny that we mentioned that because I was watching Corridor Crew uh, this past week. And yeah, when's the last time you did that? I, I try to catch their episodes. I appreciate what they do. But they were talking about RRR. Okay. And they kept talking about like, oh, well, in this moment, like I, I caught this in my fourth watch through of the movie. Your fourth watch through. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, that's a three-hour movie, number one. <laughs> Um, but also I caught like this in hour number 11 of viewing, <laughs> but also like, that's what you get when you don't have to have six other movies. Yeah, you if you can watch about. the same movie four times, you can watch it and pick up different things yeah. every single time and pull it and no, we talk about it and move on to, we don't get that <laughs> stranger, weirder movies like this week. Yeah. Let's, let's so, jump into that was the news. I feel like y'all are trolling. <laughs> but movies this week, Mitch. Uh, on Monday, we watched Spiderhead. Tuesday, Mad God. Wednesday, Lightyear. Thursday, Duel. Friday, The Do-Over. Saturday, Jungle Land. Jungle Land. Jungle Land. I'm going to say Jungle Land. Jungle Land. Like, jungle Land. <laughs> and on Sunday, <laughs> The Fortress. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> How are you supposed to say it? Jungle Land. It, it made sense that way, but like, if you want it to just roll off the tongue, Jungle Land. <laughs> it's not. Like why so much emphasis for... on the land? You want the land to be emphasized, <laughs> anyway. to make it its own word. Why would you combine the two? <laughs> it sounds like a <laughs> like an old Motet, like the Jungle Land Band, yeah. the Jungle Land Five. See, you can see where I'm coming from. I, I don't feel like I'm. Being that out there by mentioning Jungle Land versus Jungle Land. Fair, fair, but fair. To each is their own. On Monday, you picked a movie for us, though. <laughs> yes, I did. Spider It. All right, touche. You they win. Put it together. You win. <laughs> Monday was Spider Head. In the near future, convicts are offered the chance to volunteer as medical subjects to shorten their sentence. One such subject for a new drug capable of generating feelings of love begins questioning the reality of his emotions. There should have been a comma there, but whatever. So even so, the short synopsis have... Spiderhead does whatever. Chris Hemsworth ends up dead. 
That's all spoiler I got. Alert. <laughs> I don't know. We, we've never cared about spoilers. Yeah, we talk about spoilers all the time. Yeah, that dude drove himself or flew himself into a mountain. Yeah, on a crazy trip. Yeah. Drug trip, not not a like a vacation trip. Um, so this is uh, you pulling a me and picking the new movie on Netflix. I did, maybe but I was, watched the trailer to this. I was say, maybe so there was, was some more thought <laughs> than just, oh, it's number I one on it Netflix. Looked interesting. <laughs> it's number one on Netflix. Let's watch it. <laughs> I don't have time to pick movies anymore. <laughs> uh, but no, this was a new movie on Netflix uh, starring Miles Teller and Chris Hemsworth. And I thought it was a pretty decent film uh, that had an interesting premise. Uh, with that being said, the movie definitely lost me in the third act when it kind of completely changed the tone and kind of became laughable almost. And I guess if you look at yeah. the movie with like the drug that made you laugh, like it literally made them laugh. But I don't know. It just seems like it was such a different it tone did, than the rest change. of the movie set. Yeah. I think they, they kept me they kept me on the edge of that by saying the word dark and flocks so many times because oh, yes, that was the that's the worst fucking name I've ever All of the drug names were <laughs> just stupid. But yeah, Dark and Flocks takes the Dark cake. and Flocks was the worst. And they kept saying it and that whenever they'd say it it was so serious. It's like, No, I'm not I don't you're not giving anyone dark and flocks today. Yeah. It's like oh, how, how you take this shit seriously. It's awful name. But uh, this was based on a short story, so I'm sure the naming may, it may not have been their fault, right? They may have just taken straight from the story. So I'm glad you brought that up because it was a New York Times short story. Oh, was it? Yep. So uh, I read some of it. Really? I did. I found it online. I read some of the story. I'm a bad podcaster because I didn't read all of it. Uh, nah. I had a busy week. I had other movies to we watch. We had movies to watch. Readings. <laughs> Yeah, you know, if, you know, I had just the one movie, I could maybe watch it four times, read the short story, you know, wrote an article and published a book about it. Or, I don't know. Anyways. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> now I'm dying. Uh, <laughs> you got me going. Ah, uh, shit. Uh, but I wanted to read it just so I could, like, mention some of the differences between the short story and what actually happened in the film, because... The ending was pretty the was probably the major difference between the story and the film when it changed. Like yeah, when, when the tone it changed. changed. Yeah, because mm. a lot of what happened in the early stages with like you know having the patients acknowledge what drug was going into their system, then like the fuck fest between everybody in the institution, and then all of that like that happened in the in the short story. Okay, it was in the end of the film that Jeff, who was played by Miles Teller in this. Uh, he ended up actually killing himself with the darkened flocks because he couldn't bear to kill another or even like administer the darkened flocks to another person. Uh, but as I read from the Den of Geek website, there's a quote from the director on this actually, and he was mentioning that like why his reasoning was to change the ending. And I'm oh, so he was involved in the screenplay of this? No, the director of the film elected to change oh the, 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 the director sorry I, I don't know I if that got lost or not the writer of the short story but i got you um but essentially he went on to quote uh we ultimately in invented an ending that was a little bit different than george's where jeff kills himself just because we felt our protagonist couldn't kill himself at the end of the movie 
It would just be too big of a downer for the audience, especially when all that Jeff is seeking at the very end and throughout the movie is redemption. Um, how does he ultimately redeem himself? We didn't think it was him killing himself. So that was their reasoning behind changing they did, the ending. They did a Hollywood happy ending. Exactly. They couldn't have it to where... Because I think the movie made it pretty prevalent that he was pretty selfless. And obviously what he did, he felt a lot of remorse for. And he was never a bad guy. He never had bad intentions. No. So I don't think that ending would have made it any less of a story, in my own opinion. No. I, I, I would have probably preferred it because having it end... Like you said, it, it, it changes so drastically that having it just devolve into whatever the fuck that was mm-hmm. that happened, right? That they plan against him and they get basically Chris Hemsworth escapes and gets in a plane and he's tripping balls and then he flies into a mountain. Like, it's just kind of fucking dumb. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I kind of felt let down at the end or just like, that's where this was going. Like, it seemed like a smart enough, you know, interesting idea throughout the whole movie. And then it was just kind of like a schlocky ending. Um, yeah, just it didn't fit the rest of the tone. And now that I read up on that, it makes a lot of sense as to why it didn't fit the rest of the tone of the film. Yeah. Because it's kind of like you had all of this criteria of, you know, here's the story we're trying to tell. And then we get to a point where like, yeah, the, the audience, we need this to be audience is going to like it. Yeah. But obviously it got published in the New York Times. So enough people... Yeah, audiences probably, seem to have liked it. I'd say probably liked it enough to <laughs> at least different like, audience. Let's say the New York Times didn't change the ending of the short story, so yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know who was behind that, but I I would uh, vote that that was a mistake. But um, I still enjoyed the movie for the most part. I think it had a great soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Um, Steve and Mark reminded me of the scientists in Three Identical Strangers. Yeah, a little bit. Like they're they're either so up their own ass about how the study is needed for the betterment of the world or helpers that like are somehow manipulated into going along with despite whatever moral hangups that they obviously have. Which wh- who was the who was the the helper guy? I didn't write his name down, but he was the one who I was kind of specifically uh, talking Mark about. Pidwo as Verlaine. Is that who you're Referencing, like, the assistant? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was Mark? Yeah, yeah, that was Mark, huh? Yeah. But Mark specifically, like, how he got on with the, the you know, good intentions kind of thing. And it, he just couldn't bring himself to say no, even what? though he started to question things. I mean, he did help in the end, obviously, but my guess is in the short story, he probably didn't. See, like I said, <laughs> I, I read... The first couple pages of the beginning and then like kind of the last couple pages at the end just because I was busy, but I wanted to read some of it. And Mm -hmm. I had read somewhere that the ending was the most drastic, so I just wanted to see how the start was. I didn't quite get into the meat of what happened. I mean, the way that Chris Hemsworth portrayed his character. Oh, dude, he plays a pretty good sociopath. He's a very good sociopath. (laughs) And he's also very manipulative, but also in like such a... Well, he's got like, that charm. He has, he's got that Chris Hemsworth charm, And that's what charm, I'm saying right? is, like, it works for, for, for Mark's character, right? It, it made sense as to why maybe he was under, you know, Chris Hemsworth's thumb the entire time. Sure. It was just like, hey, man, like, just remember at the end of this, like, this is why we're doing it. This is what we're doing. Like, he, yeah. he could yeah. use those encouraging words to make him do yeah. and manipulate and him. him and, as, and, yeah. Yeah. In any way that he wanted to. 
And then also like just looking at the man, you're like, you don't want to upset him. He'd fucking kill you. <laughs> he's he's the god of thunder, you know. <laughs> so I get it. I get it. But I think that's something that this movie did really well is I thought all of the acting was was really good in this movie. Yeah, I agree. Um I mean my biggest problems were just you know, some of the plot holes that I I think even the short story had a little bit. Uh but, you know, you're trying to enjoy yourself, so why get into the nitty gritty as to like, well, this wouldn't have happened because, you know, blah 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 blah. Yeah, like, whatever. Like, sure. I'm I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna enjoy it, and that's how it's gonna be. Sure. I think just like I said, I had a kind of a sour taste in my mouth from the, with the change yeah. with the change. Well, and then I think which is around the time where it kicks off changing drastically, but the whole millennials comment was really weird. Like it stood out to me. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how old Chris Hemsworth's character, right? I don't know how old Steve was supposed to be in the movie. But, I mean, Chris Hemsworth's 38, mm-hmm. right? He was born in 83. He is a millennial. Yeah, he's right, he's right up that alley. So, him talking shit about millennials. I don't know. But, yeah, I, I agree that the it took a turn. Um, but, again, I think looking back, I think I enjoyed the movie for the most part. I'd probably recommend it if you're looking for something to watch. I would say, yeah, I found more enjoyment in it than boredom. Uh, yeah. And that's why, like, I would that's have to... That's all we can ask say, these days. I'd have to give it a one. <laughs> I would as well, yeah. I'd say the third act definitely uh, had me sway in my decision just a little bit and wanted me to give it a zero, but I was like, overall... Who's asking for it? I was like, overall, like, <laughs> it was good. I enjoyed myself. Netflix, nice job. Good job, Netflix. Where the fuck were you when we're... I was doing my Netflix pitch? Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> On Tuesday, <laughs> we watched another new release uh, called Mad God. So a corroded diving bell descends amidst a ruined city and the assassin emerges from it to explore a labyrinth of bizarre landscapes inhibited by freakish denizens. So this actually came to me from a student. Uh... One of my one of my old students who graduated a couple of years ago, he texted me and he's like, "Hey, Mister, you need to watch Mad God." And I was like, "Oh, I haven't heard of that one. Uh, I'll go ahead and look for it, add it to the list." And then I was like searching for it and I couldn't find it anywhere. So I texted him back. I was like, what, what, "Where's this movie? Did I even get the right name?" He's like, "Oh, it doesn't come out till this Friday." <laughs> so we watched it on Friday. We watched it on the following Tuesday as soon as we could because we had a, a week lineup. And, um, as soon as I clicked on it, I feel like I started getting ads about it everywhere. Like, really? like I just got plastered with, Oh, mad God, mad God, mad God. And I don't know really? what the hell happened, but I was seeing it everywhere. This movie was crazy. It was terrifying <laughs> and it was really freaking good. There's some, there's some really cool stuff in this movie. Really cool stuff. And there should be. Because it took 30 years to make. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's insane, right? The dedication. But uh, this is a tough, this was a tough watch. This is not a, it's a on paper good movie, mm-hmm. right? And like I said, there's a lot of cool visually, there's a lot of cool stuff. There's a lot of cool visual stuff in this. Uh, being like stop motion, mm-hmm. claymation type yeah. stuff, right? Uh, but this was I, like I found myself getting frustrated by the last third, just wanting it to get to the point. 
That's interesting because it's only a what eighty minute, it's eighty-seven not, minute long movie. It, or yeah, it's like not that. a long movie, um, but it I think it feels like it, and so I think it's safe to say I didn't get it. This I didn't get this movie, or maybe I I'm not sure. So I don't think there's anything to necessarily get. That's what I I think I was looking for purpose through the whole thing. Like some sort and of metaphor, so, yeah, or yeah. What what the message was, nature, right? And yeah. there there were like, I, I don't know. I I maybe it was that was the reason for this point of there were super long stretches where the storyline, if you could call them that, mm-hmm. I guess <laughs> storylines diverged for long enough to forget what it was tying into before it came back around. Yep. And so it was like you you just shoot off in this tangent and then come back around and by the time you come back around you you're just like oh yeah that like that's where we were it it was like if this movie was a straight line okay. it'd be an inch okay but to get from 0 to 1 inch it took 100 feet to get there. Ah, yes. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> get a one-inch game. Makes sense. Let's go. <laughs> like, like you get here, you get to, uh, <laughs> I should have done metric. It'd have been easier increments <laughs> to deal with. But, you know, you get to a quarter inch, mm-hmm. and then you shoot left for like 35 feet. Yep. Right, and you loop back around, and you yeah. get you come back, and then you go for another eighth of an inch, and then you shoot off to the right for another twenty feet, and you just repeat this until you get to the final inch line. See, I think it's there was no though, reason that, like you're saying, that it was like a linear one inch like, because it was storytelling, the, but ultimately in that third act that you're talking about of like when are we getting to the point? It essentially circled back around. And I would say this is like just a like a it life a, goes on sure. and continuation of like like it's more of a cycle than it is like just a single story that they're telling. Sure. It seems like everything that happens is destined to continue to happen, and it just like this snowball effect of yeah. Coming no, back around. I I get that. I just feel like it wasn't maybe for me it wasn't satisfying because mm. of the frustration that I felt by that point. Because it did feel like it was a linear thing that mm-hmm. just kept offshooting and coming back. And, and I don't know, man. Like, once I picked up on the pattern, yep. I was just, it just kind of was 80, whatever, 87 minutes of waiting for the tie in and then getting there and not getting any further and waiting for the next tie in and getting there and you didn't really get anything out of it. And then waiting for, it's just like, ah, man, it's a, it's a struggle. It was a struggle for me. I think if you're trying to look for like a storyline embedded in this movie, like if you, if you really think hard enough, you can find something. Sure. But I don't think that was necessarily the, the purpose of the film. And And I could be completely wrong. It like, just seemed like that, right? It, and maybe you know, maybe you're right, and I'm not. I'm not saying it has to have a, a big metaphorical, you know, purpose or whatever. But uh, it just seems like the type of movie that would have that. So I think in expecting that, mm. or maybe expecting something deeper, I I don't know. I didn't get it. I kept trying, but I just couldn't arrive at a point that I was satisfied with. And I I just like I said, this was super impressive visually. Yeah, the visual. Especially starting out, it gave me, uh, what's that, like, 
It was on HBO. It was like a kid's show a long time ago, like Crash Box or something. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-mm. Reminded me of like 90s kids shows, well, right? 30 years ago when this started. Yeah, yeah, 90, <laughs> yeah you know, you're right. It's fucking straight <laughs> 90s that's stop where, motion. That's when, he, that's when he got the idea. It just <laughs> took him. <laughs> but yeah, this was this was a lot. It was very visual, as Scott said. Like everything was just shown to you. There was really nothing except what was happening to move the story forward, if you could call it a story, right? Like you could saw you saw little elements of all of these different things that eventually kind of culminated at the very end of like I don't even know how to like kind of a circle of life type thing. But again, I'm digging too deep yeah, into what I, mean, I, I guess, even think. I don't. Like <laughs> I just my, like what I was impressed by was number one, like the use of stop motion. Just thinking about how time consuming it was to do all of that. Fucking year. <laughs> but then also to incorporate like real life actors, yeah. and like some sort of like green screen or blue screen, like integrated into the stop motion. Mm-hmm. And then to the like, layers in every scene. There's so many layers and so much detail. And then to have like those people actually interact with stop motion was yeah. just like insane to me. I, I couldn't imagine like how much timing and precision all of those shots took to achieve the look that oh, they yeah. wanted. All the, you know? all the like doctor shots and mm-hmm. the- but like visually, a masterpiece. I, I don't think this is something for anybody who has a weak stomach. No. Because <laughs> um, it depicts some really horrendous it's things. pretty grotesque. And it almost seems like the movie continued to try to one-up itself as it went. Because, like, you yeah. get out of a scene, and you're like, wow, that was really fucking, like, just gross. unsettling. <laughs> it was gross, yeah. Yeah, disturbing. And then you go into the next scene, and you're like, oh, that last one wasn't so bad. Because <laughs> this new one is just pushing the layer. Like, you had, like the guys all shitting their brains out and then like he goes downstairs and you can see that the shit's just being funneled into some like dude's like open mouth in the next layer. (laughs) And like, like, it's, it's things like that. That's the stuff. I feel like there were certain things that just bordered on like, and, and it, like you said, maybe, maybe this was a nineties, you know, started in the Mm nineties. This guy's stuck in the nineties. This was his whole idea. Then he had to follow through whatever. But it just felt like some kind of overly edgy for the sake of being edgy visualizations, right? Like, that's why I guess I was looking for more of a purpose to certain things, but sometimes things went so over the top that it, there wasn't, I don't know. I, I didn't get it. I think that's just the conclusion that I'm going to sit on because I I don't feel like I got it. And I feel like what I was trying to get was, I don't know. Well, something like that said, we didn't mention. Shitting in the, like the, he, when he's walking through and the, the guys are all sitting on the like toilet thing and he's, he's a tiny guy and they're huge and yeah. he's like walking down the aisle and they're just, just, just dropping turn on a faucet. <laughs> yeah. Not loads. It's just like constant shitting onto the floor, <laughs> splashing everywhere. Shit on, on the floor. It's just like, I don't know. There's a line where there's a, there's a point or it's just gross and you're just being like i don't know well one thing we didn't mention was this was um directed written uh by phil tippett and if you've ever clicked on his imdb page he's known for pretty much doing the visual effects on a lot of movies but like jurassic park starship troopers Mm -hmm. robocop return of the jedi and i think this was just like he has all of these ideas of what he wants to 
you know, incorporate in those movies, but he's always dialed back by like the Spielbergs of the world. So he's mm-hmm. like, all right. <laughs> yeah. I'm I, a, I'd buy that. I'm yeah. going to make a mad God yeah. and I'm going to, I'm going to do whatever the fuck my creative mind says I want to do because yeah. I can do it because I'm a badass and we got this movie. So I'm interested. It didn't seem like as a, as a special effects artist, designer, whatever, engineer, whatever, whatever tier of special effects you're involved in. As a portfolio piece, mm-hmm. this is top tier. Top tier. As a movie, I give this a zero. Okay. This was a tough watch. This was not enjoyable. I don't imagine many people I know watching this, right? Exactly. My dad watched it with me, some of it, I think. Actually, no, I think he made it through all. Uh, he fell asleep at some point, if I remember correctly. <laughs> so, During that visual masterpiece, he fell asleep? I, I think he turned over and <laughs> yeah and they had one Put hell of a of nightmare <laughs> but uh yeah i'm i'm going to have to unfortunately give this a zero That's i appreciate the the effort and the artistry but as a movie as an enjoyable movie to watch nah i say i wouldn't say i enjoyed what i saw <laughs> but i appreciated everything about it and i was I just, I was respecting the craft. I wasn't really looking for a story. I was just kind of getting the visual sensation that Mad God was. I suppose you could profile it under like a experience movie or something. Yeah, I kind of imagined myself on acid watching this movie. <laughs> Not to say that I've ever done acid, but this is what I would assume I might see. I don't know. <laughs> Dude, that's what doing acid's like. I'm out. <laughs> Oh uh, shit. But then could you imagine being on acid no. watching this movie? <laughs> no, I could not. <laughs> I didn't have to watch it again. Uh, but no, I would give it a one just because like I said, I I thought it was I thought it was a, a good representation of the stop motion world and really pushing the creative boundaries. It was even it was very creative. Even if like those boundaries were in not the direction you'd want them to be. <laughs> It was very creatively disgusting. And I mean that in the most sincere way, not probably the slightly condescending way that it came out. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, it was it was really gross. I, I don't recommend anybody with a weak stomach to <laughs> ever go to Shutter or what AMC Plus and watch that movie. <laughs> or do it, you know? Experiences. You only live once. Yeah, get a trash can. Life is short. All those whatever those white girl instagram sayings watch mad god hashtag mad dog (laughs) mad god (laughs) but for those of you who aren't ballsy enough to watch mad god on wednesday (laughs) we went and saw lightyear while spending years attempting to return home maroon space ranger buzz lightyear encounters an army of ruthless robots commanded by zerg who are attempting to steal his fuel source so we've had a few days to sit on this movie, more like a week and a half. <laughs> um, and I'm a little indifferent about it now than I was when we watched it. How did you feel when we watched it? I feel after watching it, I thought it was a pretty decent film. I wrote, I wrote notes after because I've been trying to do that more to, at least when I come back to write notes, mm-hmm. to know, to remember how I felt. And I said this was better than I expected. And it wasn't what I was expecting mm-hmm. either. I didn't say that I loved it, but I I thought it was fine. It, it exceeds expectations. So I thought it was a decent storyline. 
has good visuals, which you expect from any Pixar film. Sure. And initially, I thought it was just a pretty good film. But like the more I've sat on it, like the more that I just I've just in my mind grown to nitpick the things I didn't like about it. Like I guess the things I didn't like about it are starting to over overweigh what I did appreciate about the film. And really, like when I think back to it, I think there was really only one standout of the film that I liked, and it was Socks. Socks was surprisingly enjoyable. Yes, I thought um, he was going to annoy me, and he didn't. This, like, I, so I wrote to immediately after this, all in my notes, right? I think this was a case of a trailer making the movie less appealing. Mm-hmm. I think the trailer to this movie was fucking obnoxious. Did it just I had to it, I yeah. had no interest in this movie. In fact, I probably had the opposite. When you said we were going to, I I left it as our our dual theater pick because I think Slim Pickens that week. And it's a Pixar movie, right? We're probably going to see it. We don't see a whole lot of animated. Fine, whatever. But uh, I was not happy to go see this. I wasn't excited. I wasn't looking forward to it. And I think that's what made this better than expected. Yeah. Right. I thought Zerg being not his dad was a good, like, kind of twist off of the classic, you know, Toy Story 3 is when they revealed that, right? So I, I believe. I wrote about this, and it's kind of what you're talking about, but I thought the biggest problem with the film was how they handled Zerg. And it wasn't the Star Wars, or not, I'm sorry, the Toy Story 2 Star Wars quote, Toy I Story am your father. Two, yeah, right? sorry. Like, I'm glad they didn't go with that initially. And I'm glad they even referenced, I'm not your father. That's what I was going to say. For them to take that and and throw the, you know, obvious Star Wars parallel. But I guess what I wanted from Zerd was for him to be so much more of like a villain and a threat than just like a future buzz. Like I, I didn't like that whole, like that's what drove the character arc and that's what made him learn all of these things about the relationships that he made because he saw that his old, like old buzz was just like, Oh, I'm upset that I took a hundred years to complete the mission and I wasted my entire life. And see, that's what I was gonna say. I don't mind him being future buzz. I actually like that. I like okay. when they can, you know, add in an interesting time twist to it, right? And for when they start introducing the time jumps, mm-hmm. then obviously if you can jump forward like that, they're bound to figure out how to go back, right? Yep. So I, I like that kind of stuff. And I like that he was he had come back to try and change his past kind of thing. But like you're saying, I think we both agree, his motivations were a little weak and kind of stupid. And maybe it's just because it's a kid's movie, you can get away with that. It wasn't awful, but it wasn't great. And also, I've, I feel like, like you said, you want him to be this big villain, yeah. right? And he was just kind of... He was kind of pathetic. He was kind of a like he was such a he was such a caricature of like a selfish buzz that it, it almost wasn't even interesting, mm-hmm. right? I mean, he, I don't know. It well, wasn't super satisfying. He wasn't the greatest antagonist. So I think what's kind of crazy though is like how much lore there actually is in like Toy Story movies. Really? Like if you didn't know this Buzz Lightyear already had his own TV show, Buzz Lightyear Star Command or something like that, was a TV show that ran for us. And it gave okay. a lot of backstory to Buzz and the crew that oh. he was rolling around with. You mean real-life TV show? Real-life TV show. Oh, okay. But that was supposed to also, I think, be incorporated in the Toy Story universe as like 
that was a TV show, kind of similar to like Woody's Roundup type yeah. thing, right? Okay. It was okay. also in Toy Story. And at least from like that knowledge, like there is a real life Zerd. He's originally from a planet that I don't think I can pronounce, but they call it Planet Z. In the Toy Story movies, like Zerd is this huge threat. He's the final boss of the video game. He's, you know, he's a powerhouse. He's a villain. He's somebody to be feared. He's someone to be reckoned with. Big, yeah. bad, mass, like the Darth Vader of. Mm-hmm. That was a good parallel, but, yeah. you know. And I guess, like, that's something I can say that I did like about this film is because of the direction that it started to head at the end of it. Because at the very end of the film, Buzz and his crew is heading to Planet Z. And if you caught the quote where old Buzz was like, oh, yeah, I borrowed this ship and equipment, that means there is a real Zerg somewhere. So they can still incorporate oh. this big powerhouse. If this that big happens, threat, that's cool. Right? I like that. And like he's going to dig be that. a problem in. There will if, be a Zerg, but. Th- yes, there will be a Zerg, yeah. and it won't be old this Buzz. Temporary Zerg. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, I just, my guess would be because the Zerg eyes lit up at the end of the film he might have a role in knowing how to defeat Zerd or something. So old Buzz and new Buzz could be cool. team up yeah. or something. I don't know. So this was this was Buzz's superhero origin story. Essentially, I guess, yeah. Kind of deal. This is like, yeah. the, it seems like the Marvel tactic to introduce and they can now make an infinite number of movies with him as the quote-unquote hero. I, I think that's a good marketing plan, yeah. right? Yeah, you milking know, that money. Milk that shit. Milk that money, baby. <laughs> milk that money, cow. I don't know. I just like <laughs> overall as like an animated film, I thought it was it was pretty good. It's I, fine. I, I didn't necessarily like how they had older buzz and you know, we have difference of opinions on that. That's that's fine. I just I like the idea. <clears throat> I don't like the execution, I suppose. Which But I also have to like think about and equate this to and it's just kind of part of the game, but I have to put this up with other Pixar films, right? And I'm going to compare it to those other Pixar films. And did it have the, you know, the same feeling or emotion that some of those other films, you know, maybe evoke from me? And I just, I don't know if it lives up to like the Pixar names. Like this very well seems like a Disney movie. And that's a weird thing, right? How See, there's a separation. We've talked about this before with. And Kanto, I think, and did we watch something else? I think, as, I think especially in Kanto, yeah, conversation similar to this. And so, like now that you say that, I would have given this a one, and now I'm questioning that because you're right. This is Pixar. Like Pixar's no fucking joke, right? And but I, also, Pixar's been pretty formulaic for the most part. It's worked yeah. out for them, mm-hmm. but and I don't think this was as formulaic as their usual. But also, it wasn't as impactful. I, I just I it's hard, know. right? As a company, when you have built such a reputation that you have to continue to like, I just almost one up yourself. Well, have, at least or like keep the bar where it's at, right? Yeah, and I just I don't know if this quite hit the bar for me. I I love the nostalgic references that they did, like how his suit continually got it like upgraded throughout the movie. You know, you could be like, oh, where's his wings? He's had wings. But it's not until, like, you know, the final, like, all right, I'm going to save the ship type thing. And the wings come out from the jetpack suit. And, like, you know, there's, or the evacuation of the the ship that he was in gave him the, the wings. And 
it was a cool escalation to see all of that. And I think the final ship that they were flying off in was like the same ship that he came in in the box in Toy oh, okay. Story. So like there's little things. There's that, little little details. There's little details little and intention nuggets. behind a lot of it. I just story wise, I was like this. This just doesn't have the same spark that some of those other Pixar films yeah. have. Well, with that, what would you rate this? And again, I think I have to just go back to like equating this to Pixar films, but I think it would be a zero in terms of a Pixar film. I think I could maybe like it more, but again, I don't have... This or Cars. Oh, this is much better than Cars for me. <laughs> We're not going to get into that discussion again. Cars is great. Fuck you. Uh, <laughs> all right. Before I give my rating, I will lodge one further complaint. Three after credit scenes is unacceptable. That's that's excessive. And for this, I don't mind the ones that are that are like a little after the credits start. Mm-hmm. Embedded a little bit. But any after credits, like full credits scenes, I think are bullshit. But you know, a little a little snippet while people are walking out the theater, fine. But this one straight up after the very very end, like the Pixar lamp dude played, then a lengthy Disney castle sequence that I don't even think I've ever seen. It was so long. That I've never usually, seen a full version. That, I think that usually ends a Pixar film. Is really, like I've never made it to the end. I guess then. So like this is after this is after that the end. The third actual- after credit scene was after that. And for that, this is a fucking zero. No more after credit scenes. Fuck you guys. Yeah, that was way excessive. <laughs> way excessive. Um, but no, seriously, I I didn't hate it. I know there's controversies around it for various reasons. And I I don't know. It's it's a fucking Disney movie. It's made for kids. If mm-hmm. I were a kid, would I want a Buzz Lightyear thing off of this movie? Probably. Would I want a Zerg? No, because it's just old probably Buzz not. Lightyear. I would yeah. want old Buzz, so I could <laughs> have young Buzz kick old Buzz's ass in the yard with the sprinklers on in the rain. You know, yeah, old school man. Those are the days. And they so keep... I'm gonna give this a one. All right, I'm gonna offset you, but uh, but let's move the fuck on. <laughs> Moving into Thursday, we watched Duel. A woman opts for a cloning procedure after she receives a terminal diagnosis, but when she recovers, her attempts to have her clone decommissioned fail, leading to a court-mandated duel to the death. So this was one of my picks. It was something, like, that we saw a lot of trailers for, I feel like. We started to, I feel like we saw something before theater movies at some point, but did it, did it release in theaters? It did release in theaters it wasn't a wide release and okay. like i just I, I don't know if we never made the effort to go see it or it was never in dolby or if there was something always sure. more like for us to be inclined to go watch yeah. over this like it, it seemed interesting to me so i'm glad it ended up being on a streaming service kind of during this entire uh podcast amp plus by the way amp plus amp AMC Plus. Amped Plus. Amped Plus. Amped Plus. I don't know. I like this movie, though. It was definitely weird. Not like Mad God weird, but like kind of... It was kind of set in this like pretty dystopian world where, you know, if someone's dying or has a critical illness, they can clone themselves to have like a version of themselves continue living. So... I guess maybe 
like the it was all framed by the companies as so your family wouldn't miss you. Yeah. It's like they, a selfless thing, right? It's all a yeah. manipulative, oh, spend more than you'll ever make in your lifetime and put your family in debt or whatever. Yeah. So that they won't be sad kind of thing, right? For classic corporation mm-hmm. kind of bullshit. But the only caveat and something that rarely happens uh, is that when the original doesn't die, then there must be like the duel to the death because only one of the same person may live. And duel with an A. <laughs> I didn't find this movie for a while. You were looking for duel. I was looking e. for duel because <laughs> the movie is about a duel, but it's a duel of duels. Yes. So it's spelled duel. D U A L. What was crazy yet? though <laughs> was like the characters in this film were super dark. Like the way the mother and boyfriend like responded to the twin and like accepted her over the original was like really fucked up. Yeah. Like one at like the reveal when the mom finds out about the cloning process and she had tended to prefer the clone already to her own daughter and then locks her out of the house and was like, no, this is the daughter that I choose to believe is my daughter or the boyfriend like immediately like starts going on dates with the clone and you know, doing all of these things while the other one's still alive. And like, that's the point that like you move on, but like, wouldn't you want to move on after this person's like not living anymore? But like the clone was more enjoyable. The whole point of every character in this movie was the most selfish version of humanity possible. Yes. Right. Everything was so black and white and pushed, you know, cranked to 11 that even the dialogue between everyone, how they spoke to each other was so blunt have you seen The Lobster? Yes. Okay. I enjoyed The Lobster. I didn't love this. And I I feel like like the blunt dialogue was kind of funny and quirky for a while, but it really got hold. And I'm still, I think to this day, I'm still not sure about how I feel about the ending, if okay. I liked it or not. Because that's um, what I was going to actually bring up for Scott's thoughts. Scott's thoughts! Because... I kind of did like the ending for this movie. I didn't hate but it. But I was interested to kind of hear what you thought like everyone's motivations were. Because obviously the clone comes back from the woods, impersonating the original. And I just wanted to kind of hear what your take was on all of that. Because I think there's multiple ways you can look at the ending or approach it. And I just I was interested to see like Well what ultimately your take was. ultimately she's right back where she started. Right. And that's kind of the, what was the point part of maybe a little bit of mad God blood into this one? <laughs> um, because it, you know, the point was she came full circle. She started out miserable. She went through this whole change, whatever she's becoming. I don't know. Like I said, everyone's, everyone's just the, the most purest selfish version of themselves. Right. And, for her to end up, for the clone to end up who hasn't learned any of the things she's learned over having this, you know, death, near death experience, basically, um, to take over as her and, and pick up right where she left off with no change and the, just miserable. It was just kind of, it's one of those where I felt like they wanted you to be like, <laughs> classic, right? Like, of course, and we're all miserable and mm-hmm. whatever, right? I, but I, I don't know. I didn't feel like. Like I said, I think I there's really know. there's I, a lot of ways to kind of interpret what happened because obviously from 
again, what I recognized was the original, after finding out she wasn't dying and realized she had to go into this duel, she started training aggressively. That she was ready to kill her clone. She started taking care of herself. She started... Yeah, know. she learned a lot about how to actually live a healthy lifestyle. She started doing things. She started bettering herself. She was learning all of these things that probably she would have never learned because of the relationships that were in her life previously. And She had a good relationship with her, or she had a good like discussion towards the end, right? Things were turning around for her, her husband, her mm-hmm. previous husband, not a... However, that did or didn't work out in the year that they were split. But like the clone, right, was the aspect of, you know, it was full of life, understanding all of these new things. And like it was happy to fit into that lifestyle that she had previously. But it was because of the relationships with her mom, her boyfriend. Yeah. Like they all the want- stuff in her life put her back where she was. Yeah, they right? brought her down. And that's what the clone yeah. started to realize at the end of this. The and that's- world puts you in misery or whatever. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> but I just like my question with all of that was, you know, the clone obviously poisoned the original because she knew she couldn't win the duel. Yet the original was almost willing to die. Like she ended up taking a bitter drink. I think she knew there was poison in it. Like she- It's... I mean, it's, it's very like, obvious for you to not think she would think something's up, but it's not clear enough that she, you know, they didn't come out and say it, that she and that's what knew I'm saying. something like, was going on. What it was, was like, your fine. take on it? Because my take was she intentionally took the bitter drink. She was aware of like the family's motivations and I don't know, like, it's, it's a complicated They ending. were happier with her kind of thing. She was like, ah, hey, whatever. No, I, I I disagree with that, I think, because she she recently, like I said, she reconnected with her ex-husband, mm-hmm. and she she has like a, a new, by the end of the movie, she has a new kind of outlook on life, right? Mm-hmm. And she actually trusts, I believe she fully trusted the clone after the whole, you know, you got to think too, I'm probably going way deeper into this than is even... They thought about it, who knows? But um, <laughs> like, if you think your clone comes to you, you're both—it's you, right? It's—it's it's meant to be you. That's I think was part of the point of the whole movie is it wasn't her, right? Yeah. But you think it is you. So what would you do in that situation? So what, type thing? Yeah, like you—you you trust yourself because of what you're thinking. You're thinking they're thinking, kind of thing, right? And so they both kind of expose each other to the the depression and misery after they actually whoever does win the duel like is that after that is that worth living kind of thing and so i i feel like the original her i don't remember her name <laughs> like her the girl karen gillen <laughs> i don't remember her name in the movie but uh sarah sarah so og sarah I, I feel like by the end, that was the, it was almost the, the carefree, new, happy outlook on life. They swapped, right? This, this new eager to, to live and, and do new things and, and join the world kind of thing and start something new was the clone in the beginning mm-hmm. and she was miserable, right? Yep. And then they flipped where she's like, we have a chance to get out of this. I have a new appreciation for my life and taking care of myself and whatever. And, and you seem new to be outlook. enjoying your life. And, and she tricked her into thinking that they were in the same boat, right? 
And she got a little naive about it because she had such a positive outlook. So I feel like that was also maybe part of the message was like enjoying life is naive. But is that also saying that like you're smart if you're fucking miserable or you know what I mean? Like it was instructions unclear (laughs) for this movie, which I'm still this is one of those I feel like we could talk about. Right. And I, I don't know over time, multiple viewings, maybe. I see things differently. Well, I think what's hard too, though, is like they showed the original Sarah, like she's, she was bleeding either from her mouth or from her nose or something, but there was never any footage shown that she actually died, which could insinuate that she just gave her her clothes, crossed the border like she originally intended, and then went to go live her own life. And, you know, the, the clone came back to impersonate being her just to fall back into, I don't know, like, I don't know why would, why would you come back as the original instead of just coming back as the clone? Like, like what, what did that serve? Cause I think coming back as the original and the, the boyfriend and the mom being supportive of the original coming back at the very end at like the stadium and supporting her insinuates that they had something to do with maybe the poisoning. Right. Uh, because hey, I, I suppose it could, because they distanced I didn't themselves from the take original it that way. I don't, she did, I guess she didn't ever had a resolution with her mom necessarily, but with the boyfriend, husband, whatever the fuck he was, boyfriend, I guess. Yeah, and it wasn't like she was looking to take him back. Like they were, right? I think, I think, I mean, you'd kind of assume the new, the clone dies, you're back with the original, you'll be sad for a while, but you had the original, right? Like... You know what I mean? It's so dark. It's, to, it's, to talk it is. About, it's, right? it's fucked up. We're talking about a person. It's yeah. really fucked up. But that's the that's the black and white of the the way that people think in this movie kind of thing too, right? But also at the same time, if the original dies and the clone doesn't turn out to be everything that you know what I mean, then you're like, wow, the person I actually knew and right. See, I guess my thought was that the boyfriend and the mom liked the the clone much more. Because they had control over her actions and they, they wanted sure. to be... They were influencing her. Yeah, and they were extent. essentially the poison that kind of killed the original in a sense. Like but their, then, their spirits and their things. But what is the motivation for impersonating the original then? She well, could have just came back as the clone and been like, yeah, I'm here. I'm the clone. Well, I know, I win, but I guess. that was my thought process was like, if they liked the clone so much... They wouldn't want to see the original because they knew the original has been changing, been distant. So, like, we know the original has been training for this day. This other one, the clone hasn't been training. So, how do we kill the original so that we can keep the clone under our? See, I didn't. I didn't think that was the way things were going. And that's what I'm saying. It's interesting. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of black and white in the film, as you're saying, but I think the ending of this is very gray as to like. What true. actually happened? What do you think happened? Who had a play in it? Did, you know, Sarah, original Sarah actually survive and was also part of like the entire conspiracy of like, well, you know, if, if you're the original and the clone doesn't show up, that's, you know, safe, the safer option of you not being looked into as much versus the original, you know, running away or something. I, I don't know like what that all. I mean, logically the, the original would have just as much, right? The original doesn't want to die now. So they would go to whatever lengths to kill the clone before the thing too, right? I mean, it, it, any logic you try and throw behind it works both ways. There's I, I know, no... I know. I'm just saying it was just, it was 
a lot of things happen and not the way that you might it's expect. It's open enough, I guess, that you could think too much about it. And I think which what's I also, think is what we're doing. <laughs> I was gonna say, I think what's also hard is if you've never seen this movie, you have no, you have no idea what the fuck we're talking, about, talking yeah. about. Yeah, you're right. We did just talk about the end for the, like our entire discussion <laughs> without even. Uh, well, um, what, what do you give it? I liked it. I I think it was a little odd with like the dialogue and the bluntness of everybody talking but after i like accepted that just how this world was i was entertained and i am still having my own interpretation of what happened at the end enough to to watch it again to maybe have somebody else watch it with me and then we could discuss like all right what was your take on the ending did original sarah live did original sarah feel like okay i'm never gonna get out of not having a relationship with my mom and my boyfriend so i'm happy to die so that you can take over because i don't want to deal with that shit or i don't know like there's so much interpretation it'd be a one for me let me give this one as well because this was an interesting conversation but I, i also just think i enjoyed watching it for the most part i think there were things that i'm still like we've talked about plenty in the middle of the week, especially, right? So it's a Thursday movie. Mm-hmm. We got movies before, three movies before, three movies after. If you call the next one a movie. Well, <laughs> we'll get there shortly. <laughs> but uh, I think having a movie that could potentially be uh, relatively deep in the middle of the week is tough, right? And I, I don't think that I thought about this hardly at all after it. Yeah. So, and I would definitely watch it again, especially after talking. Um, so I think I enjoyed it enough that I would I would give this a one, and it's a it's a fine watch if you're looking for something to watch, right? Whatever. Two ones. So, yes, this next non movie <laughs> that uh, I disgracefully chose, the do over <laughs> on Friday. Two down on their luck guys decide to fake their own deaths and start over with new identities, only to find that the people they're pretending to be are in even deeper trouble. Okay. Scott, first off in my in oh, my defense okay okay <laughs> i picked this because we just mentioned we've mentioned multiple times in the last couple months even i think um how we were enjoying the adam sandler movies of of late right mm-hmm. of uh, recent mm-hmm. adam sandler movies also i happened to a couple weeks ago uh throw on a norm mcdonald that norm mcdonald talk show on netflix yep and it was a it was for background noise. And the first episode had David Spade on, and he just seemed like a pretty chill, cool guy. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about this movie, and it seemed fun. Like you know, they're talking about stuff outside of the movie. But I was like, you know what? Let's give it a shot. Now that was one of the biggest mistakes I've made in recent times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my first comment was Scott thought he could get the trifecta: murder mystery, hustle, and now the do over. Well, 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 you don't get the three-peat, buddy, because <laughs> this movie sucked. <laughs> this was shit. This was back to what I like would expect from an Adam Sandler movie, right? This was like heading back to, not Dick and Jane. What's Jack it? and Jill. Jack and Jill. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, this is back to like Jack and Jill era, mm-hmm. right? This I, I, It felt at least. Um. Product placement in this movie Everywhere. was insane. 
I think it had every popular like top ten chart country song from 2016 in this movie or 2015. Oh, I'm sure the first time Florida Georgia Line came on, oh, dude, you, I were, was, I was you were done. just like I ready was to done. shut this shit off. I, I hate Florida Georgia Line, <laughs> and uh, yeah, that I was done. Um, <laughs> and it was just, it was like super lowbrow humor, but like the cringiest of lowbrow humor. <laughs> it was so bad. Yeah. I, I really don't think I have much more to say about this. It wasn't very good. It wasn't very funny. And I regret picking it. And that is all. So, I mean, what's what do you in- got? I was going to say, what's interesting <laughs> on this one is that, like, the reveal, like, the climax of this movie actually made it a little bit better in the sense that, like, Paula Patton, who plays Heather, was actually behind everything. Did you not see that coming? No, I did, but I was expecting them not. Like, she was just to be some ditzy, dumb bitch who was willing to just do whatever and not mourn her husband's death because of the rest of the tone of the movie. Sure. So I was like... Yeah, it wouldn't have been a surprise. So I was like... Sure. So the fact that they were at least... They came back to it and they're like, oh, did you actually think I'd be this? You know, I was like, okay. At least they addressed that because... Couldn't save it. Because I... No, it, it didn't at all. I'm just saying it made it slightly better because I wouldn't have been... I wouldn't have been surprised if she was just... Written terribly and poorly because everybody, everyone else was. Everybody else was written terribly and poorly. Yeah. There was a few times I laughed. Oh, so true. Um, I actually thought it was a f- fairly decent movie, like all the way up until they faked their own deaths, and then it just like that's like the first act, like five minutes. Yeah, it's like that. <laughs> yeah, and then after that, like <laughs> it went all downhill from there. You like the whole beginning at the. The, uh, like high school reunion. This was one of the only movies I watched this week, and this movie made me want to never watch another movie ever again. This movie was shit. I thought it was a good like exposition and like a good convincing of like, come on this trip with me. You're it living was, some piece of shit life, and like whatever, pretty. like it could lead to something. And then it just, it just, it was too much, man. <laughs> it was awful. It was so bad. I really don't have a lot to say yeah. outside of like it was a bad <laughs> movie sucked. either. I'm sorry. And I guess I was trying to find some good because it was one of your movies and I, <laughs> nah, I want to give you like. <laughs> don't waste your time, pal. <laughs> Save, conserve your energy. I want to be like, hey, Scott, yeah, it wasn't as bad as you thought it was. But <laughs> This movie sucked. <laughs> Fuck this movie. If you liked it, I'm sorry. Moving on, double zeros. Zero out of one for both of us, yeah. Make it three zeros. <laughs> That's it. That's all she wrote. Um, <laughs> so, Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. Uh, we watched Jungle Land. Jungle Land. Jungle Land. <laughs> uh, two brothers try to escape their circumstances by traveling. Two brothers. Two brothers. Seems like TV from other dimensions has a somewhat looser feel to it. Yeah, it's got an almost improvisational tone. Try to Sorry. escape their circumstances by traveling. Right, I'll do the whole thing. <laughs> Two brothers try to escape their circumstances by traveling across the country for a no holds bar boxing match that becomes a fight for their lives. Two brothers. <laughs> called Two Brothers. Two Brothers. It's just called Two Brothers. So this I, is a f- <laughs> I was going to say, I threw this movie on the list because I really enjoyed The Warrior from a couple weeks ago. And I was looking for another movie kind of similar to that because, I, like I said, I really I liked it. And luckily, this was an option and kind of a different take on the whole brother dynamic. And 
kind of their fight for survival, the interpersonal relationships between the brothers. Like this was a very different movie from that. Yes, it was. I thought this was much more authentic than warrior. It was more of a, this was more of like a gritty slice of life than a fighting movie. Mm -hmm. I, I, my first note is this was a fighting movie that wasn't really about fighting. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, I kind of got good time vibes. Yeah. The Robert Pattinson movie we watched mm-hmm. a few months ago. Um, just like, where is this going to end and when is it going to all blow up yep. in their face kind of thing, right? Like, they just keep making, he just keeps letting Charlie Hunnam's character, like, run the show and it's just kind of, they're somehow getting by and there's probably some plot holes that I'm thinking of now that, like... Maybe they probably wouldn't have made it out of that kind of thing, but you know what I mean? It's a, uh, it's a, like they keep getting squeaking by. Yep. Right. And, and it's just, it's bound to catch up to them. And so it does by the end. And I think it's a pretty, um, satisfying ending. It was a pretty, kind of had the same ending as Good Time as well, I think. Like, yeah, the, the, the one who is deserving of getting caught, right? Who, who kind of is being, Put, made responsible gets his dues yeah i agree with that uh like i said kind of coming in and having people compare this movie to warrior um i just do this, they i just it's more of just like if you boil down what there's the fighting and there's brothers the, the plot was is you have two brothers sure and there's some like uh survival boxing match that kind of can change their life, like their sure. livelihood and whatever. Yeah. I mean, I guess outline is very similar. Yeah, the outline. I would put that, these are like completely different but, genres no, they're, almost. They're very different films. Because like you said, this is not a fighting movie. This is a survival movie. Warriors this, like a sports movie almost. This is like. But this like seems more drama. of like, this seems more believable than the other one. Like, mm-hmm. like the characters are much more authentic. I feel like they were written more for people to relate to for their situations, not necessarily saying that everybody's, you know, living out of abandoned homes. And, it was more of a, like a life. But no, you can get down on your luck and it's very easy to like live paycheck to paycheck. And, you know, there's a literal fight for survival and some of the actions that they had to take. Like I, I was heartbroken when they had, like he sold his dog. Yeah. Like that was just, just to get a bus ticket to get to this place so that they can have a chance at winning that money which would better their lives. But it was just, it was a lot, dude. And you could see the emotions pouring through. Like everybody in this movie did a fantastic job. Oh, yeah. uh, Charlie Huntman and Jack O'Connell. Uh, this, this was really good. And then obviously was it, it was Sky, right? Who was the third? Yeah. So Jessica Barden, she put kind of like the wedge in between the two brothers, two brothers of kind of letting, uh, Jack O'Connell's character, Lion, start to see how his brother was kind of manipulating yeah, him. taking advantage of him. Taking advantage of his boxing abilities and, like, letting him take all of these punches, which becomes an argument in the diner. Uh, Stanley was like... You Great don't, scene. Yeah, you don't understand all the shit that I do for you. Yeah, you're out there boxing, but here's, like, I won't eat meals. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of validation from both sides. Yeah. And it's... I don't know. It was... It was very real. It was kind of heartbreaking in a sense. And I thought it was, like you said, it was honorable of Charlie Hunman's character to kind of take the blame for that killing at the end of everything. Like, he, yeah, he, he, it was almost like a, 
little bit of a redemption too with the he's getting he's taking responsibility it wasn't as much i guess that's a bad way to put it as like he's getting his dues which he kind of is but also he's he's accepting that and he's he's actually looking out for his brother at that mm-hmm. point kind of thing then you know what i mean and he he truly did care and and see something in him and want to promote that but they're both you know he was the uh kind of the bad influence right every decision he made every action he took kind of put them further away and they even allude to that earlier in the movie where lion would have been could have been a big boxing star already yep. had stanley not whatever he did i don't know if they ever directly addressed that but he did something and it kind of screwed him over and that's you know yeah. They have this codependent relationship, but Stanley's the one who's really kind of holding him back, right? Bringing Lion down. And so by the end, Stanley kind of realizes that and lets go and Yeah, he's willing to take, you know, he's willing to take the the heat for everything that happened uh when he was kidnapped and Lion came in and killed all those guys and he's like, "Well, you know, my my brother can have a better life if I just leave now and he can take that prize money and go do whatever he wants to do with it. Uh, it was a little weird to see the sky was in the crowd in that last fight. Right. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what her motivations were for coming back. I think like she really did care or she grew to love lion in a sense. Like they had a really good kind of uh, story arc together of how their relationship grew but there's also like reasons as to why she was leaving to protect her baby and everything. So yeah, that was a whole other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just, I thought it was interesting that she did willingly come back. Like I, I guess I could have seen it either way. Yeah. If they just never, she was just gone. She that was, was just gone. And that was part of, you know, each of their stories. But and she left him with his, uh, his pink lion. Yeah. Robe. Yeah. Robe. It's good stuff. No, I like this movie quite a bit. Uh, I was it was not what I was expecting because I was expecting more of a warrior vibe. Yeah, and it was a completely different tone and completely different shift of the story. And I, I think I, I liked it better than the warrior. I think so too. Um, Storyline. I have a hard time loving movies that are just around tournaments. Yeah, and that's what I was expecting of this, especially when they bring up the the bare knuckle boxing tournament, right? Yeah. You're like, oh, this is gonna be a fucking tournament movie. I mean, the movie's called after the tournament too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Jungle Land. That's yeah. the tournament. Yeah, you're right. And so, uh, you know, it's it's you'd expect that to be what the movie's about, but they're not even at the tournament until the last like five minutes of the movie, and that's where the you know yep. movie kind of the climax happens. The movie kind of ends, and. uh and no, I I think I I like this better than Warrior as well. I would absolutely give this a one. I would also give it. I a enjoyed one. it. I think it's a good one. Um, so you are doing good, bastard, you sly bastard. Ooh, look at me. Those uh, <laughs> those double zeros for do over, man, killing me. But I think I turned it around on Sunday with the fortress. Turn it around. Turn it around. Turn around, turn around, turn the beat Oh, yeah. I was like, where are you going with this? <laughs> Let's all watch the fortress. <laughs> In 1636, King Injo, I'm gonna, we're going to butcher all these names probably if we attempt to say any of them, but King Injo hides in the mountains to avoid being part of the Qing dynasty. So this was 
great. I really enjoyed this. So same style as like what my dad and I were watching a lot of, kind of binging a lot of last year. Um, cinematography of this like Korean historical drama style, mm-hmm. genre, right? Yeah. Cinematography is incredible. And I just love the aesthetic of like 17th century Korea. Yeah. Like it's unbelievable. What'd you think? Well, my first thought was death to Ming. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but outside of that, um, oh, shit. I was a little worried because the movie for me, it took me a little bit to get into it. Uh, it's but, a little slow start. But once I did, I really started to like it. Uh, Cause like you said, it was a slow start. I was afraid we might be going down that 47 Ronin story and plot of just a lot of dialogue with nothing really to support it. But then we got like a bunch of great action scenes. We had beautiful cinematography. We had this like super interesting political battle from the advisors mm-hmm. as to like what the king should do. Mm-hmm. I love that shit. And then like a love really it. thought out like internal battle for the king as to like how to best lead his people, protect them for their own survival. Because just the way they wrote their characters and like introduced conflict and was, like I said, had these different point of views as to like what everybody thinks should happen. But it was ultimately up to the team to say like, this is what we need to do for the survival of our people, even if it's not in our best interest. And even if like we bring, you know, dishonor to our family and everything we believe in. And like, it was, it was so good. And I thought like even all the side storylines in this movie had such purpose to the overall like plot and depth and depth. everything's yeah. so well written. They're all everything we've watched is like this. Like mm-hmm. I, oh, I love it. But so something kind of different from like what we were talking about with like Duel, but this movie had a lot of gray area that was created in the film. Like nothing was black and white. Like there was logic to every decision or opinion. And I just, I, I don't know, I, I just thought it was a really great movie because of that. Like, you could see all of these different point of views. You could see where somebody was coming from and why they thought of something. But And the but, respect between at least the two main actors on opposite sides, yeah. right? How they both almost completely understand the motivation for thinking that way, but disagree. Mm-hmm. And here's why. And it's like a, it is like a logic battle. It's like a, oh my God, it's so good. And also like to put yourself in a position to where you truly feel that way. Like you are so willing to. Fully selfless. I was going to say. For your people, for your king. That's what I'm saying. They were willing to like, if you disagree with me, just cut my head off now. Like, cause this is what I believe. This is what I think we should do. And if I'm, you know, upsetting you and I think, and you think I'm in the wrong, then I would gladly die because I'm Mm -hmm. dying for something that I believe in. Mm -hmm. And it was just. It was amazing. Yeah, dude. Um, I recognized Hassan, Hassan Tay. I looked up his name. You said I might butcher it, but I looked it up. I recognized him right away. Uh, he's from Squid Game. Oh, okay. Interesting. Um, I really enjoyed seeing him in the role. He was uh, like the captain on the side that was invading, like the one that was making all the ruthless decisions, uh, shot the dog with the arrow. Mm-hmm. It was that guy. Um and he was just a menace, uh, kind of similarly to how he was in Squid Game. But I started looking into kind of his portfolio. 
Uh, and he has some interesting films that I, I might throw on the list. Just, Do it. I'm, I'm kind of liking this uh, this Korean film culture that we've mm-hmm. started to see. and Yeah. Like essentially like more of the logical and idealistic side of like driving the story and the structure. It's just different like angles and written differently than anything we have right now. And Mm -hmm. that's why I think we got so into it. And if we hadn't started this, we'd probably still would be because there's so much out there and I still have so many movies on our list that I, the only problem with that is I just wish I knew Korean. Yeah, you like, have to I rely just, on the subtitles. Because especially in this one where they talk a lot, like the scenes where there's a lot of discussion is, you know, sometimes you got to be kind of quick. And it's just, that's what I think has stopped me personally from putting more of these that I have on our list on week to week. Yeah. Is it's like, man, we got to commit to two hours of, of subtitles and that there's nothing, you know, I don't mind that, but I got to be in the mood, right? I think also, too, you kind of will sometimes miss some of what's going on. Visual, because of yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because there's absolutely. a lot going on in the scene, but you also have but to be kind of... But your eyes are glued to the bottom of the screen with the words. Yeah. So that you're reading what's happening, and then you might miss an integral part or, you know, something stylistic choice or whatever, and that's that's a hard part, too. But, yeah, I, I really like this... Um, I had no idea that you and your dad were on a kick like these. Oh, that's what, yeah. When I've talked about in the past, um, I have to show you some of the stuff, but I I've mentioned it before. I know er very early on in the podcast talking about stuff. That's why when we were talking about after Halloween week, how the, uh, um, algorithm like takes you in one direction. It's Mm, very aggressive, uh, Netflix especially. And so we started out with watching, um, I think it's just called Kingdom, and it's a it's like a Korean zombie. It's so good. It's like this era though. Nice. But like it's oh my god, love it. Um, but like we just started with that, and then we just started watching a bunch of stuff. And then it's always funny when I had it's I've since gotten a different account than I was back when I was using my mom's. And so like that's. <laughs> Whenever people would open up our Netflix, my Netflix, it's just Korean shit. That's nice. all they were recommending to me. Um, but anyway, plenty more to come, I think. And I'm glad that you were on board and like this as well. I was, I was interested to see what you thought. Um, but just even for this one, so this was based on a book uh, called, again, I apologize, uh, Namhan Sansong, which is the name of the fortress that they okay. were defending. Um, this was a real event. Wow. This was actually, like, the event that happened is actually, like, a big deal in Korean history, this siege. Uh, And so I'm sure details were embellished here or whatever. But but, uh, Namhan Samsung is still standing. It's still, it's like a tourist thing. It's a historical site now, um, which is pretty pretty cool. I bet it's beautiful out there. Seriously, the landscape and everything out there is incredible. So Yeah, I think that's something that I think set this, like, apart from a lot of other films, especially like Hollywood films is, and maybe it's because of the historical accuracy or like it was an event that happened. Uh, but typically, you, you know, you see this type of event and it's some kind of underdog story that, you know, they're going to, everything's going to work out in the yeah, end. This movie didn't and, turn into 300. No, <laughs> like, <laughs> no, they like the King who should never bow ends up bowing to the new dynasty. And, you know, for the survival of his people 
and one of the advisors can't even accept that fate so he you know seppuku (laughs) kills himself yeah commits suicide and then the other one who was the one who wrote the basically letter of relinquishing you know of bowing is now like a disgrace too right he's and it's could, like not satisfying, yeah, but he, also you could see him like tearing realistic. up at the the thought of the king even having to bow, and all of the decisions that he made led to that point. And like nobody, nobody was happy with the decision. But yeah, it was, but it's for survival. But it was for the like best. It's not interest. supposed yeah. to be. Yeah, yeah. No, it's so good. So good. So good. Really great movie. Amazing storyline. <laughs> one out of one. For myself. Fuck yeah. One and a one for me as well. I got a double ones. Look at Scott. Some of the double ones. Oh no, Spearhead we both liked. Okay, that's good. So. Did you say Spearhead or Spiderhead? Oh, I said Spearhead. I don't even know what the fucking movie was. Mm. Look at that. <laughs> but anyway, pretty solid week. I apologize for the do over. Did you punch numbers in on our spreadsheet? Would you like me to? Sure. At eight. Not a bad week. Five overall. Pretty decent. Not too shabby. Um, My numbers are going up. Scott's are going down. Yeah. Enough said. It's okay. We'll balance it out so that it'll be interesting by the end of who's going to, who's going to, you know, get that, that, what do they call that? Like the finish or picture, picture finish? Oh, photo finish. Photo finish. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, The photo finish. Can't think of things right now. It's like the tortoise and the hare. Big old stupid head. Scott got off to a strong start, but I'm chugging along slowly but surely. Yeah, but we don't know if you're the uh, (laughs) if you're the tortoise. (laughs) You might have just been a like a gimped hare at the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) We're both hares. (laughs) You just had like your legs tied together (laughs) for the first few months. Uh, but no, that's what I was going to say. I think we're both, um, I think as I settle in, I, I think I'm picking decent movies. I'm kind of getting, we've actually both filled up the next couple of weeks, uh, which is unusual for us. Usually it's like, ah, we record, what the fuck are we going to do? But we've got saying, movies on the list. I'm up to a 57% and you're down to a 70% on the picks. Far. I can't drop below that 70%. My, my, I won't allow my, it. My piece of the pie is looking bigger, <laughs> and I like it. <laughs> it looks good. <laughs> it looks good. But anyway, that was week... 36. 36. Uh, and I'm excited for Thor Love and Thunder. No, that's not next week. Nope. That's next, next <laughs> week. I'm confused on when we are because of where we are in the schedule. But... Um, I think that wraps it up. I don't have more to say. I say typically we get all of our stuff out in the in the intro. Yeah, so there's been, not a lot been left in the outro. Fatty intros <laughs> lately, so uh, hopefully that's enjoyable. I don't know. But anyways, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate you uh, tuning in to the Ending M podcast. Check us out on Instagram to see our movies of the week. And besides that, we. Thank you all for tuning in and listening to Scott and Dragon I. Great on. Great on. Great on. We, we thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks, Kate. Bye. Bye. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
Yours sounds like a sounds like a weird metal version of her. Yeah, maybe I'll have to do. Maybe I'll have to do like a metal version of our intro. Dude, that'd be sick. For our last, I guess our last week is gonna be Halloween, huh? Is it? No, our first week was. was, So it'd be the week before Halloween. Yeah, I don't. I don't understand how dates and math works. So I fucked that up. That's fine. Okay, bye. (laughs)